Hi, alright, this is Tim Crisp, and you're listening to Road to the Skeleton Coast with Brendan Kelly. Brendan, what's going on, Bubba? How are you? Not much, Tim. I'm doing okay. What's going on with your accent? <laughs> oh, come on! <laughs> ah, I can never win! <laughs> oh, man, um... Yeah, I'm doing all right, team. I'm just uh, having crazy problems with my garage band. Um, but I think I've got it all figured out right now. So I think it's going to be okay. Um, the, the, the funny thing is, um, right here at the top of the hour, I'd like to say that I'm cold. As you can see by my attire, Tim, the rest of you can't see me. For the extra, you can go to our OnlyFans to see <laughs> the videos of this. Um, and this is the first time I've ever had any clothes on at all, um, much less a jacket and a sweatshirt. But it's because I was out um, doing a segment for the upcoming Lawrence Arms War on Christmas 6 variety show, which will be airing December 11th um, live. It's a two-hour event. And it will feature pre-recorded material as well as live material from the three of us. And um, also Toby, I guess, um, will be part of it. But um, you can check it out. I just What I just did was um, a little segment that we like to call a guided tour of Chicago where we went. And um, uh, we went to some pretty cool places that I think hold a... Fairly important seats at the table of what happened in Lawrence Arms history. Uh-huh. And we also went to the Wiener Circle just because it's dope. Um, and so it's um, it's fun. It's a fun little segment, but there's also going to be covers of Lawrence Arms songs by um, notable artists. The ones that have come in so far have been great. Uh, a lot of it's already advertised. I mean, it's all already advertised, but... You know, it'll be like um, Brian Fallon from Gaslight Anthem, Danny from Alkali Trio, um, Lauren of Warriors. Yes. Deanna of Sincere Engineer. Shout um, out to that picture that y'all posted of you and Chris with pictures of Deanna. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. I saw that last night. I, I almost legitimately started to cry i just thought that that was so lovely it's crazy and it just goes to show that like you get to a certain age and you just kind of like i mean obviously i look older than i did then but i look like uh-huh. the same guy and she is a child she's a child <laughs> like like literally a child it's um please don't uh Please don't get it wrong. I, I, don't, I don't need to hear about how I've aged since then, too. I, I'm well aware. Believe me, I have to look at myself every day. I put the black tape over the mirrors so I don't have to look at myself every day, even. But <laughs> I guess my point is, um, in theory, Matt Skiba is going to bring bring a, a song. Um, it's the one I'm the most curious to see um, actually occur. <laughs> but he said 
Dude, I'd be honored. I find it hard to uh, find it hard to believe that he wouldn't come through with something that he'd be honored to do. But we'll see. Um, and Tim Tim McGrath of Rise Against, um, as well as Kyle Kinane, will just be hanging out and having fun. And we will meet the we will meet the um, the crew, the Lawrence Arms crew. We will oh, meet goodness. the fans. Um, it's gonna, and then we'll do the guided tour of Chicago. It's it, and it's eleven dollars, and there is going to be exclusive merch that you can only buy during it and like while it's going on. And then if you can't be there for the live performance, oh yeah, because me and Chris and Neil, we will not be together. But we'll each be performing from our homes live, and I'm going to spin a wheel um, to see what happens next. So it's going to be really truly a Christmas variety show. And um, if you can't watch it on December 11th at 7 p.m., I believe, don't quote me too much on that. Look up more on Christmas 6 um, <laughs> on the singles platform. Um, then you can watch it for the next like 24 hours or 48 hours or something. So um, that is my opening of the show plug. It's... Gonna be cool, and I think I've left out a person or two. Oh, Sam Russo is also gonna be doing a song. Um, you just brought out the best of our Patreon, patreon.com slash better sandwich. That's right, that's right. Did you get my cover? Um, you mean the the cover you use for my face when we have sex so you don't have to look at me and you can pretend I'm someone else? Yeah, I've got it, I, I've got it right here. Um, all the information that you just rattled off, or at least like a concise version of that, not that you didn't do a great job, Brendan, uh, will be in the episode notes of this very podcast. So, y'all, this is a, this is a pretty exciting uh, opportunity for all of you to attend what was once only in Chicago, now the universe. Worldwide, baby. Or well, up on the wide. interwebs. Well, white. Two thousand nine. All up on the interwebs. Yeah. Um. One time, I was working at my coffee shop, and this group of uh, of of Brits, drunk teens, drunk teens, drunk teens. Oh, drunk Brits? teens came in Brits. <laughs> well, I, they had they had distinctive accents, and there were so many of them. And I was like, man. It's just me and another person behind the bar here. This sucks. Then I figured I'd entertain them a little bit. So I said, oh, where are you guys from? And they said, New Zealand. And I said, hey, could you do your best version of an American accent? And this guy goes, could you tell me where they filmed The Lord of the Rings? (laughs) (laughs) A pretty good version of an American accent, I gotta be honest. We're sponsored this week by Marty and Joe Hot Sauce Co. Marty and Joe, two good friends, Joe Hender of Elway and Matt Marty of Lawrence Arms LLC. That's that is correct. Yeah, um, good dudes, and I've tried a lot of the sauces that they've made, and I gotta tell you. The hot sauce 
that comes mm. in the bottles is way better than the sauces that they just feed me in the alley at night when, and make me close my eyes um, and taste. Um, they, they, these sauces, the hot sauces, that is. Mm-mm-mm. The other ones taste kind of like... Um, it's like if like you left some tuna fish out and there was some dog food. Uh-huh. And then um, maybe... Uh, a lot, a lot of salt and tears. Um, but, yeah, no, the hot sauces, can't say enough good things about them. Um, they've got, like, a um, got a garlic one that goes really, really good on pizza. They've got the um, their hot mom habanero, um, the smoking hot mom habanero, which is the smoked version. Um, they've got the 666 poblano, right? Um, and they've got the... Um, the the ghost pepper hob, which is uh, not as overpowering as you might think, um, it's it's actually quite good, um, and um, it, but it is it does pack a little bit of a wallop, as they say, mm. which is um, kind of what those guys say to me in the alleys when they feed me the other sauces. They go, "This is going to pack a bit of a wallop," and then they put a blindfold on me and they start hitting me, and then they make me taste their new sauces through a hose. So, um, if you want to try the hot sauces, uh, Marty and Joe, hot sauce co dot square dot site. That's Marty, M A R T I, Marty and Joe, hot sauce co. You throw a few sauces in the cart over there, enter the promo code better sandwich, all one word. You'll get 15% off an order. Of twenty dollars or more, I, it's it's clearly the best deal that's ever been come up with, that's ever been thought of. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And um, you know, um, the holidays are coming up, so whether you're celebrating, uh, you know, Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or um, I guess Ramadan is kind of. <laughs> antithetical to uh eating things so uh probably probably not ramadan but uh right yeah i mean yeah, yeah you're, you're not you're not so. like uh, giving somebody food for ramadan seems like a pretty fucking mean thing to do <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, i'm no um big city um religious Ramadanian. scholar but uh it, 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 it seems like maybe may, maybe say maybe save it for um uh, another day, another month, um, but or, or even if you're one of the few people out there that celebrates Christmas, um, great gifts. Um, they have koozies, they have t-shirts. The t-shirts are very sharp. I wear one all the time. Um, uh, I actually can't get it off now because I've worn it for so many days in a row. Um, it is, it clings to my skin like a series of leeches um but y- y- it doesn't have to be like that for you maybe you shower maybe you take off your clothes i don't know um but yeah they've, they've got a lot of great stuff there and um they do like cool holiday packs and um i really can't say enough good things about those dudes uh and the product you know um these little anecdotal um evidence of the quality of the product tim um marty was like I knew the hot sauce was good when you started buying it from me because he would give me a bottle 
mm-hmm. you know, and they were like working and working to like make it um, what it is now, you know, mm-hmm. and then there was a certain point where it got real, real fucking good. And I was like, yep, yeah, all right, I'm out of that. And he's like, it's been like four days. And I was like, word, I would like more. I, I'm a grown adult man with big time podcast money. Um, I will buy some more. Um, that saying that with the full understanding that you guys know that um, uh, you should really tell your friends about this Patreon because um, all that big time podcast money it goes straight to hot sauce. So, uh, <laughs> so um, I would love to be able to, you know, clothe my children or something like that at some point in the future, but. You know, well, today's not that yourself day. too. It, it sounds like you're you're in need of a new shirt. Yeah, well, I mean, get <laughs> this one off me first. Removal. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Marty and Joe, hotsauceco.square.site. Better sandwich is the code. Uh, if you want to advertise on the show, Brandon Kelly Podcast at gmail dot com. We're we are here with intention this week. We are here to talk about the Menzingers' third LP. On the Impossible Pass, a record that uh, people kind of like this one. Yeah, people seem, people seem to have a pretty fond opinion about it. Um, I've never listened to it before, so I wouldn't know one way or the other. But um, just kidding, Tim. Just kidding, buddy. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a great rec- it's a great album. I mean, it's like this is um, you know I've talked about it before, like how. Um, I first saw the Menzingers and kind of cornered them at the show where there was pretty much nobody. And I was like, hi, I'm Brendan. I, I run a label called Redskin Industries, and uh, you guys are on it now unless you have a real problem with that. You know, <laughs> just like didn't even ask them, just like straight up was like, I'm not fucking this up, like – I just saw this band. That's a fucking good band. Mm-hmm. And um you know, you'll be you'll be on the record label now. And then I was just gonna go back and tell Toby, be like, Yep, sign a band. Um you know do with that information what you will, but the band is now on Red's Care, right? And uh, that's uh-huh. pretty much how it went down. And so um I've always felt a real like sense of like sort of unearned paternalism when it comes to the Menzingers. Um, they're always like my little guys that are doing good, you know, right? Even as mm-hmm. like, so the first big show they ever played was our 10 year anniversary show Yeah, where, um, I mean, they were like, there's too many people out there. I mean, never mind that now that's, they played a two, three times that many people just for their own shows yeah. at the time, seen, you know, seen them headline that same room. Several times now. Yeah. And, but they're just babies, you know, and then, you know, they put out the Chamberlain Waits album and we were like, wow, this is really great. They signed Epitaph and then they put out On the Impossible Past. And it's really good. Um, funny anecdote about that record, I guess. Like the main thing I, Think of when I think about it is when during the um, ding 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 of um, I can't seem to tell uh-huh. um, 
which, wow, it's a lot like, um, it's really a lot like Today by Smashing Pumpkins, now that I think about it. But um, even though the song itself sounds very different, but the right, riff right. itself is very similar. Um, Wait, what song's Today? I don't know Smashing Pumpkins material very well. Today is the greatest oh, day okay. ever known. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, if you if you know one Smashing Pumpkins song, it's The World uh-huh. is a Vampire. If you know two, it's that one. Which um, I've seen the Menzingers cover. Yeah. I, oh, what, The World is a Vampire one? Yeah. Yeah, the world, they're, they're fucking dorks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, but so, um, I brought my son and my like baby infant daughter into the studio while they were recording that. And we, we watched mm-hmm. Tom lay down that guitar part. So my, my children are deeply, deeply connected to on the impossible past, even though they don't, my, my son only listens to like juice world and my daughter, uh-huh. uh, like, I don't even know what her her shit is. It's <laughs> young people singing songs by older people. Uh-huh. Uh, On YouTube or TikTok. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh-huh. So so your children are deeply embedded in a record that's made by your children. That's correct. That's yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel that that's uh I wouldn't I wouldn't call that an unearned feeling of uh of paternalism that you have there it's not uh it's not every band that just gets i don't know just falls into your cosmos like that where was the show why was why was nobody there why were you there is that that's why no one was there <laughs> no um so the show was at um fast but it was like way off the beaten path uh-huh and it was at a time when, gosh, this timeline might be wrong, but I don't think it is, where Ocalcota had come out, and I had just become a very visible figure at the fest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not like, I'm not trying to say I'm famous or important at all, but like, um, Dude, in a world, a lot... you're the coolest guy. Stop. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, I was just, I there was just a lot of people around, and it was very hard for me to like, um, just sort of go about my evening. I guess you could say, uh-huh. you know. And I was having like a bit of a personal issue. Um, Ryan Young had just. Uh, Tried to murder me um, in Brooklyn a few days before. Uh, so, so, okay. Um, it, it, that which turned out fine. We're all we're all buddies now. We're we've even talked about it on his podcast together. Um, but um, so I was just like not in a headspace to be like just talking to a bunch of people mm-hmm. and being like. Yeah, no, that, yes, that is me. No, I don't take shots. Sorry. Thank you. Oh, hi. Thanks. Yes. Tomorrow night. Uh, you know, like that, uh-huh. <laughs> which is like, sort of like, there's just like the bobblehead thing that you do. And, um, and again, I appreciate it. I like, I want to talk to everybody, but it's just like, wasn't in my, I wasn't in the mood that night. I was a little distracted. If there was um, a song generally. that was playing in your head during that night, 
<clears throat> it was yes. I am whatever I whatever you say I am by Eminem, right? <laughs> uh, no, no, that, I hate that song. <laughs> well, he he's so mad because everybody's bothering him all the time. Right, except for nobody was bothering me. I just wasn't in a headspace to like to just to hang out, but. I was in a place to hang out, and I was in a unique position at the time where I was, like, a very in-the-public-eye, sort of crowd-facing avatar of what this entire festival was about. You know, Mm -hmm. just, like, one of a few, right? And so... It was. Is, is that fair to say, or do I sound like a total dick? No, dude, that is fair. Um, that's very fair to say. And I think having the perspective of being from Chicago, uh, and and seeing a version of what you're talking about um, on my on my own, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. And I think you did a good job of uh, gracefully uh, explaining that. Oh, thanks, buddy. Uh-huh. Well, here's the thing. So. So I just, like, try to go off the beaten path, and I see this bar, and I'm like, I'll go fucking in here. I, this place doesn't even look like it's having shows. And it was like, hey, we're the Menzingers. And I was like, oh, there's a fucking show in here? Uh-huh. God damn it. <laughs> you know, and it's like, I don't know if you guys have ever been to the Fest, but if you've ever been to the Fest, every show is, like, out the door, a line around the block, you know, just because of the way they sell the tickets. And, mm-hmm. like, you you don't really see a lot of shows that are just empty. But I was like... I will fucking take it. I've never heard of this Menzingers. Um, I assume they're either like pop punk or German. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just stand in the back and just chill. And then like within 15 seconds, I was like, holy shit. Mm. And I was like up front, absolutely like enwrapped with this enraptured i don't know mm-hmm. uh with this <laughs> with this like young super vital and cool band that like i had a uh, you know fucking five minutes ago no idea existed yeah and and so that's how i ended up there and like that i guess really if you you know you want to really place a paternalism on it it was it's ryan young swinging a les paul at my head in in new york that uh, is why the Menzingers signed to Epitaph and are huge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Yeah, we... We, yep. we, <laughs> we solved it. <laughs> so they put out Hold On Dodge 7-inch with y'all, which was... That's a fucking monster of an EP. It really is. Um... It's. It really shows them like experimenting with a lot of like true harmony mm-hmm. and stuff like that, as opposed to like this sort of mm, modulating doubling, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Like when it's you know, and um, and you you know that is a great EP. Tom May, who is now very much the second um, sort of songwriter, second primary songwriter in the Menzingers, 
was like the primary songwriter when I saw them, mm-hmm. you know, and um, it, it's a testament to how good both those guys are that they could switch who's like sort of like the main songwriter and who's not that and it doesn't like make the band skip a beat. It just sort of like more highlights the sort of evolution of what's going on. But he really, in particular, I think, shines on that Hold On Dodge record. Yeah. Truly. Like, oh, God, I can't think of, like, the lyrics, but that one song that's, like, got the huge harmony at the very end was like, now I hear But we weren't supposed to do Hold On Dodge today, so, I mean, how the fuck am I supposed to get into, like, what that fucking song is about? <laughs> yeah, you know? and I think that, um, I, I'm, I'm glad that you point that out that's that metamorphosis that sort of happens in the you know similar to the goo goo dolls where it's Mm -hmm. johnny johnny gets his legs a little bit later um and really takes over and i feel like it's it's less pronounced on chamberlain waits but when we get to this record on the impossible pass it's like holy shit greg's material on here is really really something else and tom like i feel like tom manages to find the exact right spot for just elevating everything else and his songs are so great too tom's songs are great and it's like the thing is like tom's also a master um like auxiliary man like he's bouncing up and down on the stage while greg's singing mm-hmm. like making sure that the crowd is not at any point losing sight of the fact that this is a bombastic rock and roll show he's playing incredible riffs the whole time he does that and then he's stepping up to the microphone and with no lost breath singing perfect harmonies with greg mm-hmm. you know so it's like as they have evolved up to this point it's like Yes, I mean, Tom writes great, great songs. He also is so great at elevating the entire band, Mm -hmm. you know, which is in its own way, like um, the job of a front man, you know? Yeah. Like, um, I, I don't have any evidence that like Pete Wentz was a great bass player per se. Mm hmm. You know, I, I'm not even trying to talk shit and say I, he was bad. I, I know I just exactly don't. where you're going with this, I think. so. But, like, but he made that band better. It was like he had to be on stage. He had to be, he, he wrote the lyrics. You know, it's like whatever, you know, Tom sings the backing vocals, does the harmonies, and then also contributes, like, three or four bangers to every album. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's That's a huge huge lion's share of stuff yeah you know and uh, we're just not to disrespect what greg's uh contributions are or you know for eric or joe's for that matter either but like for the you know like i think it's easy to be like oh you know well then fucking greg took over and then you know the band blew up and it's like that's i think that's an oversimplified way to think about it mm-hmm. i i think i think that Tom is still an amazing songwriter, 
but he also elevates Greg's songs like like could not be done just uh, with without him or with somebody else in that in that job. Yeah, true. So. I also think that like especially when we get to this point in the band where Greg is really Greg's really hitting in on, you know, two verse and a chorus like he's really writing a lot of like more straightforward songs the lyrics and the vocal melodies are such a huge just hook on all of that but i feel like a full record of greg compositions is going to lag a little y- bit yes and tom it's, does it's it's gonna be like if like mashed potatoes and gravy are great, nothing but gravy mm-hmm. is too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like Greg Timely is, metaphor. <laughs> Greg is so like his shit is so rich. You're right. It like it needs that like palate cleanser. And I mean like you know, I say this coming from a band where you know, and it goes the other way as well. You know, you can't have, you can also not just have mashed potatoes. Um, you know, like, um, listen, I'm in a band where no matter which one of us, like, and you don't even have to like one of us more. And like, I, the way I think about the Menzingers is kind of the way I think about the Lawrence Arms, where it's like a band where you don't have to like somebody more because like the vibe is so like yeah. pushed forward in like a shoulder to shoulder, all or nothing kind of way, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, you can hear Chris on my songs. You can hear me on Chris's songs. Like it's, it's all of us all the time. And it's the same thing with the Menzingers, but there's no denying that like, it's like for my band, it's at its best. What it's me and Chris going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Like, like you need, you need a little bit of me. You need a little bit of Chris that you need a little bit of mashed potatoes. You need a little bit of fucking, Brussels sprouts, you know, like you you gotta like, you gotta mix that shit up a little bit. And I think you're right. It's like as unbelievably powerful and like Lord of the Ringsian as Greg can be. Uh And I really do think that he has that kind of like crazy bombast. Um, He, uh, hold on one second. He's um he's also it's it's it it can become overwhelming at a certain point. Yeah. And then you get a you get a fucking like a song like Burn After Writing that comes in and you know, it's just like whew. Yeah. This is this is exactly what I need right now. And it's not like it's a like that sounds like a, I'm saying it's a relief, but it's not like it's a relief. It's like it's it's like, oh, yeah, that's the other cylinder I want right now. Right. Exactly. You know, it's cool because uh, um, good things, the way it comes in, the way it builds, the way that, it's incredible what that song accomplishes just in how it hooks you right away. It's and then it just builds and builds and builds and then burn after writing just comes in un- from underneath and yeah yeah i mean okay so since we're right here at the first two songs of the record um yeah. have you ever heard a song that's like more sung along on the jukebox too 
than good things. I mean, because I have not. Um, I mean, like, even, like, Don't Stop Believing," <laughs> which is probably my second place choice. Uh-huh. It's not like when that song comes on, man, it's just like, I've been... And then, and then it's over. <laughs> you get you get two words of Greg, and then it's just an entire crowd of like drunk, horny millennials, fucking spilling their ketamine out of their pockets, screaming along to this fucking song. I think that it it also sets up this record so well to just that line about we take rides in your. American muscle car. Uh, felt American for once in my life. I've never felt mm-hmm. it again. It reminds me so much, too, of like what was happening at that time. It was the Hold Steady Gaslight Anthem had turned like narrative writing in the vein of Springsteen back mm-hmm. into something that people were like excited about. And I feel there's just a really lovely piece of uh of cosmos that i think like brings the menzingers where they were and then that together because i don't know this is uh this is a really great 2012 document yeah it's a it's a pretty cool it's a pretty cool song it's like a little like Nirvana ish for my taste. Yeah, honestly, like um, it's not my favorite song on the record. It is one of my favorite songs when they play it live. Mm-hmm. But like, if I had if I had a dollar at the jukebox, this isn't a song I would put on. Does that make sense? It does. Mm-hmm. Like um, and uh, it's not because it's not great because it is fucking great. But it's it's really that like there's certain times when the Menzingers drop into like grunge and like the sort of um their admiration of bands that were bands when I was in slapstick mm-hmm. that I think just suck ass because that was what I was like sort of revolting against. Like the smashing pumpkins. Like, uh like third eye blind. Yeah. They're like, oh, Third Eye Blind, very important band. And I'm like, what? That was the... Uh, no disrespect to Third Eye Blind, whatever. But, I mean, just the, they just suck. That's all I'm saying. And um, they, it's, it's, it's like... And we all have different... Like, you know, I think fucking Word Up by Cameo is one of the most important punk songs ever. And that's like a fucking hyper-gay R&B song. Mm-hmm. You know, dance club banger, but so there's no accounting for like there's children out there. It sounds like we're not recording on piano lesson day for those uh, keeping tallies at home. That's right, but but uh, but uh, we're recording on screaming day apparently. <laughs> but but um, but yeah, the so like. Some of the stuff kind of slips away from more like actually on like rented world. Mm-hmm. Um, when we get into some of the stuff on that, where I'm like, oh, this is like 90s alternative, and like I hated 90s alternative music, you know? Yeah, but I did like 
total bullshit from the 80s. Like, I mean, I love poison. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I understand that, like, you're a product of where you grow up. And, and like, to be able to embrace sort of the standard bearers of the culture that sort of raised you, whether that culture is your um, standard mm-hmm. itself or not, is is something that's... I think very laudable and you know, it's, it's just as much as like when I talk to like old punks and they're like, you like poison. I'm like, yeah, motherfucker. And watch how I'm going to use poison in this goddamn punk rock song. Um, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I, I think that shit's awesome. And, and they're like, that's impossible. That shit's garbage. And I'm like, I understand why you think so. And it, very much in the same way. Like I like, I like this song, but I'm, it's a little nirvana e for me. Totally. Um, we're going to take ourselves a little break, and we will be right back. These are my last, last words. No one will ever read. Nameless stars rain down on me. Brandon, I think this is a wonderful opportunity to tell everybody about our Patreon, patreon.com slash better sandwich. What do you think? Mm, I agree, Tim. Oh, my God. It's, it's, a, it's so cool because we are talking about this Men Singers record this week because our patrons told us to. Mm-hmm. They had a they had a chance to vote. They had many great choices, of which we're not going to name right now because we're going to see those go back into polls later on, and we don't want to jinx them in any way. But we've also got some bonus audio content over there. You and me talked about that liquid death thing that you did. No, oh. that was a lot of fun. We did some Q and A that we're posting. Great, great, <laughs> and then, um, and also, we talked to the fucking Menzingers over there. It's true. Uh, did we talk to Greg and uh, what's his name? Tim, Tom. I'm Tim. I was just kidding. I was kidding. <laughs> yes, Glenn, Glenn, and Tim from the Menzingers. <laughs> yes, I remember when we talked to uh, Roderick. And Gary from the Men Singers on our Patreon, patreon.com slash better sandwich. Oh my God. I thought when you said Roderick, I was positive you meant Dan Andriano <laughs> because for whatever reason, he, he looks like such a Roderick. Um, but we don't talk to him as well. Um, there's a lot of great people over there. And uh, you'd, be, you'd be well advised to check it out. It's, if, if, you're, if you're new to the program, uh, there's a lot of good stuff over there. I just said program like I'm Canadian. I thought we also, I thought we were British this week. Oh, what are you talking about? I'm British every week. Also, it's been a little bit of time since I plugged this on the show, but better yet is fucking kicking it over there every Thursday. I talk to What's better yet? Tim? Oh, better yet is a podcast. That I started in 2016, took a little hiatus, and then we're back in business, baby. I talked to Tony Molina this week. 
I talked to uh, Pierce from Soul Glow recently and uh, lots of other cool... Talk to Tony Molina. <laughs> you tell Tony Molina he's fucking dead to me. I know. All right. I didn't know there was beef between you two. No, it's no beef. It's just um, every time he comes down to Australia... <laughs> It's weird. <laughs> well, I don't like the southern hemisphere. But uh, yeah, better yet's kicking it. And as you were as well, David Anthony and I talked about the Alkaline Trio cover of Off My Mind by the Smoking Popes. Great cover. Great song. Great everything. Um, I didn't realize they did that. Oh, well... All you got to do is subscribe to As You Were a Podcast about Alkaline Trio on your podcast player of choice, and then you'll know each week what songs the Alkaline Trio did. Um, well, that sounds great. That sounds great to me, Tim. Yo, we got good yeah. things. We got Burn After Writing, The Obituaries. Obituaries, um, obviously the song is um, a huge one in their catalog. And um, I think that it's um, it's a very interesting song because <laughs> I've said this to Greg, so I don't feel bad saying it here. I feel like the song is like the verses are like. If they weren't, like, what the Menzingers could, like, lounge back on doing and have people excited before this album came out, Mm -hmm. they definitely were by the time you got to the end of this album. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, rooftop in Brooklyn, covered in bad graffiti. And it's like, I get it, right? You know, you're somewhere on the East Coast. You're... Stay on a roof. You're looking at somebody, probably a woman. She's in a dress. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe there's a coffee stain somewhere. I don't know. You know, and and uh, and then like the the chorus is, um, I guess the best way I could describe it is my wife. The first time she heard it, she goes, "I will fuck this song." That's the chorus. And I was like, "No." <laughs> It's I will fuck this up, which is a lot better than I will fuck this song. But uh-huh. uh, like, I feel like what I said to Greg was like this song is fairly I don't want to say lazy, but like kind of I give it like a C until it gets to the bridge where it's the Nabokov quote. I am the shadow of the waxwing slain. And it's like, well, that's the best bridge I've ever heard in any song, anywhere, <laughs> ever. You can do whatever the fuck you want with the rest of this song. The song is an A+. Plus. Um, <laughs> you know? And it's like... It is so good that even like i could even listen to it and be like oh they're just fucking with us mm-hmm. you know <laughs> it's just like it's like rope a dope it's like cat and mouse or some shit it's because when that bridge kicks in it's like i 
me singing it to you just now, I got goosebumps on the backs of my thighs. Mm. Uh, like it's that's how good it is. It really is. I think like the best bridge I've ever heard. And so, um, I guess that's a long-winded way of me saying I, I give this song an A plus. <laughs> yes, it's wild to me the voice that is on this record compared to all the Menzingers records prior. You just did not know that the boy has pipes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that the thing is, I think he just learned how to like sort of use his, God, I don't want to sound this pretentious, but there's no other way to put it. He learned how to use his instrument and lean into what Mm -hmm. it could do, you know, and like, it's it's what happens to pretty much anybody who sings for a long enough time and uh, has any sort of a accomplished career as a singer. Like, listen to early stuff, and it's like you could love the rough grittiness or the adorable sort of sharpness or whatever of like the early stuff, but then eventually. It's like you lose like sort of like the affect that you thought you needed to lean on and you develop the thing that's you, mm-hmm. which is the affect that you made mm-hmm. that other people will develop to lean on until they figure out what's them, you know? And, and that's what this album is like, like, yeah, I mean, his voice is, is terrific, but I guess my point is like. He's not um he's he's just coming into his own with like what his voice is capable of and which which is something to be kind of like really applauded, I guess because it ta- it takes a lot of confidence to like take that step and be like, I could do this also mm-hmm. you know, especially when you've been because he'd been leaning on like a snarl. For so long. Totally. In the early stuff. And it's like to to sort of put that down. Because a lot of things are forgiven if, when, you're, when you're snarling through punk rock, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter totally if it's in tune or whatever or if you can understand the word so much. It's like, oh, it's all just like vibe. And then to kind of take that away. Be like, nah, I'm gonna do this like church choir thing. Um, yeah, is it's pretty pretty ballsy. I think a Dan Andriano, I think a Chris McGoggin as a couple very good examples of people who really have those early early releases where it's not all there, or it's not exactly like what is true, and they find it yeah i mean it did like i said it does happen if you're if you're um if you again there's it like stupid self-important songwriters uh if you stick with your craft i'm sorry but like if you do like you'll find your voice eventually Mm -hmm. and that's like what it's about you know and uh 
Yeah, this, I mean, this is definitely an album of somebody finding their voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. More than more than probably it's about anything. Even more than it's about American muscle cars. How how present is Matt Allison with um, vocals? That's something that's always extraordinarily to me. Yeah, um, he's right in there. Very much do it again. Very much. I don't know if that's the right note. Very. Um, he's very attuned to it. He is a vocal producer. Mm-hmm. As much as he is like a band engineer, and then he'll mix your record. And I mean, he's a producer overall, but I think he he thrives in gathering tones, mixing, and vocal production mm-hmm. specifically. You know, so I think that uh, I was not around for too much of this session because I had two very small kids. But, uh, I, I, you know, you you can feel his hands on deck for sure. Like, mm-hmm. he, he, he definitely pushed these guys into, I don't know. I mean, they, they, they were... They're forced to be reckoned with on their own. I, I, it's, it's hard to give credit to one without taking credit from the other, you know. And I don't know exactly who's who's who, but yeah, um, yeah it's it's obviously a great matchup here. I mean, and and to listen back to Chamberlain Waits and listen to all the differences, it feels like, yeah, maybe the way to not take away is to just like look at the group effort there. Look at the way the vocals are so much more prominent on this record and segueing into gates uh some very cool uh dialed in guitar tones that we have here yeah gates is a cool song um and the guitar tones are good and it's uh (laughs) i remember like when i first heard this record i lost a lot of twitter followers actually when i said (laughs) Gates is the kind of record that a <laughs> mom who's lost a small child puts on when she's finally ready to like get out the oils, light a few candles, and finally start masturbating again. <laughs> you never lost me as a Twitter follower at Better Yet Pod. Um, I, I, (laughs) okay, he's gonna love it, so I'm cool with saying it. My friend Marcos uh, passed away in probably 2013, and we had a, we had a a get-together at uh, Firehouse in Normal, Illinois. Shout out to Firehouse, it's where uh, I met the Menzingers for the first time, um, and uh, and I played. You can I hear pl- you can hear the story of them pre- pretending to remember Tim um, on our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mention it. Um, you did too. Uh, maybe yeah, yeah, probably. I just I just want to be liked. Um, yeah, but I played yeah. I played Gates in in memory of uh, Marco, so it, it tracks. But did you masturbate? I did. Yeah, it, it really made the the service or the uh, get together just a little bit awkward. 
the service. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but so that's like 90% of what I think about Gates is um, like that, you know, people are just like too far. I'm like, I don't know if you've ever seen anything on this website before, but uh, it's a fucking hellscape. Uh, I'm just talking about a Fake, fake lady and her fake dead kid and her fake um, <laughs> massage oils and her fake fucking scented candles and her fake jacuzzi and her fake copy of <laughs> On the Impossible Pass and her fake masturbating. Um, there's literally a guy like one fucking tweet over telling somebody to kill themselves because they got like a little too fat and put on a bikini. You know? <laughs> so I don't know. If, I don't know if you're barking up the right tree here exactly. But um, but yeah, that's what that's what this song is to me. This song is also one that like if it was the uh the theme song for like some kind of like Seventh Heaven type show wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise me at all. Um, it's a legitimately great song. Mm-hmm. It's also like um. Just the way that you can see it potentially being co-opted through no fault of the song itself. Yeah, definitely. Is like a little bit like cringy to me. It's like not, it's not the song that's cringy. The song is a well-constructed, unbelievable pop song. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't have, and the intentionality behind it, also awesome. But I could just... See, like, uh, who's that dick that fucking? Yeah, see, it doesn't it doesn't work if you can't remember people's names. Um, the dude from Houston who's like the uh, televangelist, um, Austin. Yeah, Joel Austin. Uh-huh. Like, I could see him walking up to the stage with with this. You mm-hmm. know, you know, like, and it. Completely willfully ignoring that it's about the exact opposite thing. Like, much in the same way that uh, Trump ignores that Born in the USA is about how the USA is, like, a broken dream that's let everybody down. Um, You know, and they're from the same sort of um, weird cat. I mean, you know, these guys are from Philly. They're from New Jersey, obviously. Uh I'm talking about the E Street Band. The Menzingers versus the E Street Band, you know. And, uh, and, 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 you know, you... You, you think of them as as rivals, right? <laughs> right. <clears throat> but here, they're both doing the same thing. They're doing something that's like really cool, and, and this is actually a lot like "Born in the USA" in a weird way because it sounds kind of like a religious song. But then, if you give it like a cursory listen, you're like, "Oh no, this is about getting rid of your soul entirely." Mm-hmm. You know, and like we're born in the USA. If you like just have it on the background, you're like, fuck yeah, mm-hmm. totally born in the USA. How about that? And then you listen to it and you're like, oh, well, guess it'll be $75,000 for that flu I just had. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but yeah. This song is cool. I don't have a lot else to say about it. The 
the chorus is really soaring. This is the kind of song a lot of women really like. This this gets put on a lot um, by people I know mm-hmm. that are um, uh, women. Women cool. who like the Menzingers. This <laughs> this comes right up at the top. So yeah, just love that um, before the second chorus where it drops out. Happiness is just a moment. Happiness oh. is just a moment. I think- yeah, you know, and that's like, man, there, there's a bigger thing there, and I'm glad you brought that up, Tim, because like, uh, I'm sorry, you probably have something to say about that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I no, don't I just. I, I, uh, it's a really nice little, like, I, I think it's seeing the, uh, the line, for what it is, and doing the right thing to accent it yeah but like in terms of thematics it's a really great lyric because like i think what i've noticed i have a problem with and um i've tried to address this in songs too i don't think i've addressed it as acutely as this but like we all look I guess, I guess what I'm saying is almost the opposite of this, but we all look at the good times, you know, that we're having, mm-hmm. and it's like, but this is going to end, right? Mm-hmm. That's why everybody has, like, that Sunday feeling. Yeah. You know, even during, like, the weekend, um, and, uh, it, like, you know, they're like, it's like, well, right now is good, but it's going to come to an end. Mm-hmm. But then when you go through something horrible, you're like, well, this is happening forever. And it's like, no, if you can write off happiness as being a temporary situation, mm-hmm. you can also write off despair as being a temporary situation. And I like, I guess that's not exactly what's being said here, but it is important to realize that there's like a default level. That's something that's in between all that. Right. And, mm-hmm. and like, and it's not happiness and it's not despair and it's just like sort of trudging around and like the the more you seek like some sort of like fucking redlined happiness like throughout your whole life like I think you just die like your heart explodes you overdose on cocaine right yeah <laughs> like that's, totally. what, that's what happens to mm-hmm. you and, and like uh, and the, and you know and but the same thing goes goes for sadness. It's like you can't, you cannot. Uh, it, I don't know, man. I don't, I'm not trying to like do too much for PSA here, but like, if you're fucking listening to this and you're struggling and you're in like a terrible, depressed place and you think it's never going to end, it all ends. Like everything fucking ends. Mm-hmm. You know, um, to use a example that's probably terribly inappropriate it's like even the sun's gonna fucking go out one day you know like uh (laughs) your fucking sadness is more eternal than the goddamn sun it's not Mm -hmm. um and um you know happiness is just a moment i mean fucking sadness is just a moment too yeah i think that that's i i don't know man it's it's dark it's fucking 4 13 in the afternoon, it is dark outside. So it, it, it's 
you know, it's it's that time uh, time of year where it's like, you know, not only is are the days getting shorter, but we're not even we're not even to the uh, the worst of it. It's feeling like it's going to be a very heavy winter, but still, like we can we can still bear it because you know with the, the spring and right yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing. It doesn't last forever, man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which is what you're saying. And even, like, in the in the very, um, like, day you're mentioning, today, it's like, this darkness won't last forever. It's mm-hmm. tomorrow morning it'll, you'll wake up. It's like, dude, I woke up in the middle of the night to, like, some sort of dream that wasn't a bad dream, but... Like, it, it woke me up. Maybe I had to piss or something. And the first thing that I thought of, this is not what got me out of my dream. Mm-hmm. But it's the first thing I thought of, oh, my God, we are out of Plotchman's mustard. Holy <laughs> shit. Like, how are we going to get more? And then I was like, but we have more. We have another one in the cupboard, uh-huh. you know? Um, by the way, does me saying cupboard make me sound like... 90 years old or is that normal Um, but so but that didn't even calm me down I was still freaking out about it Uh and you know then I went into all sorts of fucking crazy panics and stuff like that and and as I just like sat there and told myself like this is fucking dumb none of this is going to matter when you wake up in the morning like uh-huh. you'll be fine when the sun comes out and I was right about that but that doesn't mean that that's not going to happen to me again tonight right <laughs> yeah you know okay <laughs> Is Wayne Brady going to have to whip motherfucker's ass? <laughs> well, All right. What's, what, what, what do we got next? Well, now that we're through talking about uh, your cabinet brain of canned thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Also, that lyric is weird to me. I, not a hu- I like it. I'm not a huge fan. Um, I'm not totally opposed to it, but... I guess it's kind of got that like '90s vibe to it, where it's got like just enough irony in it that it's like, do 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 do, like <laughs> to me. Um, um, Ava House is the next track. This is a song that I'll I'll go ahead and say I I about eighty percent of the time I hear this song I'm like, eh. but it's it's. In such a fucking impossible place, no pun intended, but we just went through four rippers. You can't just, like, throw another Greg song in there. You can't, like, have a fast uh, Tom song. I suggested that they not put this song on the record. Yeah. 
Um, there's two songs I suggested they not put on the record. Everybody's uh, waiting for the second one when we get there. <laughs> uh, I think this... Uh, <laughs> well, when you hear the second one, you, it might make you question how much you like this song, too. Because uh, I definitely fucked up the second one. Um, I was very wrong about that one. But um, mm-hmm. this one... Um, I think it's a good song. I think that there's an ambition going on on this record that like sort of surpasses what's happening in this song. Mm-hmm. It, or, to put it a different way, there's an ambition in this song that's not matched by what the performance has turned into. Mm-hmm. Because there is a lot going on here. It's, it's um, it, you know, like Tom, like on... Um, um, on uh, Chamberlain Waits, he does. Um, he's got that fucking condescender song, and it's mm-hmm. like the reggaeton beat, right? And this to me is very much like that, like kind of like proto trap, like super huge room, ominous, empty, booming with like a bass drum kind of sound to it. Yeah. And I, I'm sure it's the same kind of thing. I just don't know that I think it works quite as well. But, you know, if all you do is hit home runs, you're not swinging the right way. You know what I mean? Um, like, um, it's not, there's not a lot of ambition that comes from that. So um, I, I, I actually admire the song as being really ambitious and cool. It just doesn't totally work for me mm-hmm. but um but i saw them play this like on this tour and people went fucking insane for it so fuck do i know every time they play it live it really does like go and i think that that yeah. is um a testament to the song itself um just as being like something that you kind of need to be there for. I also feel like there's a, a nice, I don't know, something that I've always thought about with it is that this song is about a punk house and there's something to just like this beat that feels very inside of a punk house and like you're shaking with it. Yeah, yeah. Just... Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I don't, Probably have too much more to say about this song. Um, I I think it's on all, on almost any other band's record, it would be the best song on the record. <laughs> it just happens to be on on the Impossible Pass by the Menzingers, <laughs> right? And, and <laughs> you know, like a rough rough place to be. Uh, Fun song, yeah. Also, especially <laughs> between Gates, which is a fucking hit, and then the. I remember you well, which just like the oh, way man. that comes Dude. in is like, oh shit, all right. So, Sun Hotel, this is my favorite song on the record. Um, Sun Hotel is in Illinois, I believe, on the way between St. Louis and Chicago. Or I guess the other way. Yeah, you're right. Depending on yeah. How much, how much fucking. How positive you want to be? Uh-huh. If you're, if you're, if 
you're heading into darkness, it's from Chicago to St. Louis. If you're heading into light, it's from St. Louis to Chicago. But um, Sonatelli is a real shithole, and uh, those guys got a bunch of Budweisers and like fucking kicked it there. And I think they had a fucking weird ass time. But this is to me the best song on the record, the chorus part in this song, in this song. And I'm like struggling. It starts with the chorus. No, 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 no. That's not the, 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 no, there's like the nugget in the song. It's in the middle. I might have to pull it out and listen to it. Um, but I remember hitting these guys up and being like, that song hotel song is fucking next level shit man and mm-hmm. and they were like really we almost didn't put that on the record at all and I was like <laughs> what <laughs> um, so I mean it's like, it goes to show what I fucking know I love this oh no no it's it's um it's um and, and like I won't talk so, fuck what is it here I'll, just, I'll leave you alone no It'll be. I know it's one of those like repeating chorus things. Oh, it's. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> and then. I will leave you alone. You will leave me alone. It's mm-hmm. this. It's the best part on this whole album. Oh my god! I can't even turn it off. Oh, it's so good. And then. Yeah, so this is the best song on the record. Um, like that—that that is so fucking good. And they didn't want to put that shit on the record, and I don't know why, but I'm sure it has something to do with the Sun Hotel being nothing but bad memories. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that bridge is but, so fucking cool. Just the oh. man. It, we just settles I mean, into that vibe too. Yeah, no, it's really, really cool. Um, but yeah, I guess it it ends with a fade out, which is a funny thing to do. Um, yeah, but it works. I think, especially for that yeah. guitar line, Tom has a really good way of writing. Guitar lines that feel like they're from a movie. He writes just, he's just a, that, that's kind of what I was saying earlier. It's like, we could, like, if you want to take him off the mantle as, like, main vocalist or whatever, you can, but you cannot take him off the mantle as frontman. 
Like it's like the stuff he does is just like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like the stuff can't be like that's visionary weirdness, man. Totally. Totally. He makes it work. Um Yeah. Sculptors and Vandals. Uh I like this song a lot. I really like where it gets to. It takes a little bit of time to get there. But I always end up like there's vandals. I don't know the song by name at all. It's walk em, single, C and double. What's at the end? Walk em, single, C and double. Oh, man. That's not ringing a bell. All right. So no. much suck ass. <laughs> uh, Mexican. Here we go. Here we go. This is this is a good new 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 addition to the podcast. It's me just like listening to stuff right away. Oh, I love it. Oh yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this sounds cool. I mean, I think it's um, it, it's it's a real like follow up to uh, Burn After Writing, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. they they kind of have. A same thing. It's like more like I feel like if you uh, if burn after writing is like the breakup. The uh, the song is like running into that person like six months later. Yeah, being like, hey, hi. I feel like there's a there's and, a few instances of that on this record. Yeah, but um, I mean, I guess. I think this is just a really like workmanlike good song that like feels like it fits on this record. It's got like a sophistication to it that's like got a real like I don't know. It makes me think of fucking London for some reason. Uh, which honestly, uh, dude, so many of Tom's songs make me think of London. I think it's that. I think the Clash are like so embedded in the way that he writes, um, and Billy Bragg too. But Tom also are they from London? The Clash? Um, they're from uh, London, I believe. They're either from London or Sussex. I think they're from a town called Calling, from what I know. <laughs> and they were trying to rebrand their town as the New London. <laughs> Calling, calling Britain. <laughs> um, and Billy Bragg. I don't want to fuck this up. Never mind. I won't say that. <laughs> I think he's Irish, though. I no, he's not. Okay, so cut that out, please. I don't want to. Hear, I don't want people hearing me say that. Mexican guitars. They don't play this live enough, in my opinion. I think this song is one of the best so songs on this good. record. So good. One of the best songs on this record. Um, it, it's um, yeah, man, and it just the way the turn fucking goes when it's just like to get to Mexico, mm-hmm. and it's like okay. I am on board for this. I mean, it feels like a whimsical journey, you know. Yeah, and it's it's really neat. Um, and it 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 just evokes uh, 
such a like sense of wanderlust and also a sense of like lost youth at the same time, which I think is like something that this record like treads in really well, like that, that sort of duality. And, um, and this song probably does it second best on the record, I would say. Yeah. It's like, it, it builds up to this moment of like getting just like hitting that like last ditch effort. It's a very like Bruce thing of like, all right, like we're pulling out of here to win, like gonna, gonna fucking make it. Um, but it's not as, it's not as heavy handed as Bruce does it, but there is that like, just that build of culmination of climax of like, damn, what, like, what are they gonna, they're trying to like reach something and it feels possible in a moment. Well, the thing that I think is cool about it and it's like, it's not like on, it's not like the the coolest fucking, hold on, I'm going to have to parent here for a second and and I'm going to turn the mic so you can hear me do it. Yo, get him a towel. <laughs> That's so uncool. He's in the shower. <laughs> yeah, where where are we on to? The title track on the impossible past. Oh, so the number one song that evokes um the desire to get out of some place and the desire to uh, return to some place before. I guess what I was going to say about Mexican guitars before my children wouldn't give each other towels when they got out of the shower, Mm -hmm. like savages, was that the cool thing is that, like, he's like, yo, we've we've been friends forever. Um... You, you want to go with me? No? Okay, word. I'm I'm out of here. Anybody know which way to get to Mexico? Uh-huh. I'm jamming these fucking songs, which we used to play on Mexican guitars, which is just like, whether it's Greg's intentionality or not, and I mean, I got to assume it is, it's like he's looking to get to Mexico to get back to that freedom of the youth of the Mexican guitar, you know? Mm-hmm. Like... It, there's something really cool and profound in that, like, simple loop, I think, um, that, like, uh, the Mexican guitars give you the freedom to, like, experiment with this, like, sort of music, and Mexico itself gives you the ability to experiment with things like drug trafficking and um, having sex with donkeys. Um, I believe they do other things there as well, but I've never heard of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah, that's a nice bit of analysis you got there. Uh, you can see my analysis. <laughs> um, but no, it's like, it's, it's, Obviously, I'm joking. I mean, uh, there's very rich culture in um, in Mexico that extends all the way from, um, you know, beyond fucking donkeys to 
definitely other things I've heard of them doing. Uh, <laughs> 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 but 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 you, you, you get the idea. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to wreck something that's like really a, a beautiful sentiment by like trying to put it into like words that attempt to make it a beautiful sentiment like myself like i want the song to sort of and i'm not even being glib here and i'm not even joking yeah it's like when you see like when i see like a music journalist just be like oh and this is obviously sums up the you know beautiful pastiche of this and and it's just like dude the fucking song said it (laughs) like explain (laughs) what the fucking song is saying and then let the song say it like they're, they're the they're the artists. You're a fucking journalist, you know. And and uh, <laughs> no offense to you personally, Tim, but uh, you you know um, I don't consider myself a journalist. Oh well, that's good for you because that is yeah. Um, except for all of you out there on our Patreon um, <laughs> who are journalists, you guys are the best. Um, but. So yeah. So anyway, to move on to the American Muscle Car song, weird song, oh, weird. So good. There is a. My wife can't listen to this song. She finds it to be too creepy, which I understand. But I also, I'm like, well, then you missed the point of the whole album. <laughs> um. The um. There was a time when Neil Hennessy's older brother, Ryan, was... Neil Hennessy being the drummer in the Lawrence Arms. I guess if you've listened to this this far, you know that. Um, Ryan Hennessy, who played the guitar uh, solo at the end of... um, Well, throughout the entirety of the Warped Tour song on Old Calcutta, Mm -hmm. was driving with a buddy of his and... um, They careened off the road in the suburbs and into like a sort of industrial park where, you know, like how sometimes like outside of like a corporate office, they'll have like a little park with like a pond Mm -hmm. or whatever. But it's not like a public pond. It's like, yeah, just it's like there for morale or something i don't, I don't fucking know you know and, uh, <laughs> that's the saddest we live in a broken world uh, we might have just i just tapped into like one of the most bleak parts of it but uh so anyway, funny story, they drove into one of these ponds, uh-huh. and it was like, you know, like 12 feet down or some wow. shit like that, so the car sunk entirely, and uh, I don't remember if Ryan was driving or the other guy was driving, but the other guy, from what I remember from the story, was just kind of like, that's it, I'm dying, you know, like, um, or like just kind of sitting there, mm-hmm. or just kind of like giving up. And Ryan absolutely, like, either rolled down the window, broke the window. I don't remember the... Because I know that, like, rolling down the windows is hard once it, like, mm-hmm. submerges because there's, like, a vacuum situation. So maybe he broke the window. But he definitely brought this motherfucker up um, from the bottom of this pond and his, like, submerged car 
in like the fucking like I don't know Intel inside fucking like yeah. you know uh-huh. uh, company pond or whatever the fuck it was and uh, <laughs> and um, <laughs> like a tiny screw factory. And that's what I, <laughs> yeah, that's what I always think of when I hear this song. Yeah, is that story? That's wild. Um, yeah, but yeah, this song is great it's so menacing it's like that like volume pedal thing that they do mm-hmm. it's oh it's fucked up i um, love just all the all the lyrical changes in here we share our smokes held the wheel while you drank and drove like i i've always liked too that he talks about driving the car into a ditch and on Mexican guitars he says I'm tired of living in this ditch yeah I mean like I think that there's a lot that's intertwined on this record obviously I mean like this is obviously a, I, I would be extraordinarily surprised if good things wasn't written after this song mm-hmm um but um oh I haven't heard this song in so long it's so good um but but uh the the ditch thing I mean I is it all part of the same thing perhaps or is that sort of like one of those things that like when you're um concocting a thing and you're putting it all together you just like have these words that you keep coming back to and then you sort of realize later on you're like holy fuck I like made this whole like sort of pastiche that like really actually fits together Mm -hmm. and works out like almost unconsciously it seems to me like that's maybe more of what's going on here but that being said I can't speak to their intentionality and I can't speak to their methodology at all um which is uh, sort of, I mean, like I could tell you what I do for Lauren's arms songs and stuff like that, but yeah, you've talked about having like, themes just kind of like come together without. Realizing. Yeah. And that, that's, that's, that's sort of what I'm saying is like all of a sudden it's just like, you know, you write a song about the ditch and you have like a good line. That's like, you know, like sick of living in this ditch. Mm-hmm. Or we drove our car into a ditch, and you're like, "Man, that song was like so heavy." Yeah. And then you start thinking about living in the ditch, and then you're like, "I'm sick of living in the ditch. I'm fucking." Anybody know which way to go? Like, totally. it, like, like I, I see, I see that. Like, that doesn't mean that it's not like absolutely like constructed. It's just like. I guess what I'm trying to say is like the way that the artistic process for me works is that like each thing that you do like informs the next thing you do and and like and it's a really fun cool um thing to sort of see unfold and all of a sudden like look at these songs next to each other and be like damn dude that mm-hmm. is dope and that creates like a third thing like a a a, a non that's a non-intentional. 
I shouldn't say that because I don't know how intentional it was. But it's you, you get what I'm saying. Like it's it's like when all of a sudden you're two, like it, it becomes like part of a larger thing. Right. Right. I think that. Yeah. The way that I think about it is just like that's tight. Whether or not it's like larger than that, it doesn't even really matter. Honestly, what I what I thought about today listening to this record again, getting ready to talk about it was the fact that like there's a lot of shit going on here. They don't go out of their way to like expound upon it in a greater way. This record didn't come out with a fucking like press release that tells you like everything. It just I remember when they fucking posted the single and they were like, "Yeah, we like fucked around with more pedals this time." And it was Gates and it's like, "Okay, cool. Like let the fucking people figure it right. out." Oh, cool. You got a song about a waitress? That's tight. That's different. That's new. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Right. I mean, I think there's going to be, like, this battle between, like, uh, the fans of, like, the Menzingers and the Gaslight Anthem forever of, like, who's claiming in the ownership of the coffee and the waitress. Uh-huh. Uh, and, 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 like, and, and they're... <laughs> it's like they're both so talented. I wish that there was one that was, like, some sort of hack that I could be like, well, this one's the cool one, obviously. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's like... You, you know, even if, and 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 to be clear, Brian has never said anything like this to me. But like, even if he was like, "Man, I stole all this from me," you know, he'd be like, <coughs> "Well, maybe they did, but they're still pretty good at it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know, like, like you could, you can steal something to be great at it. It's just like, uh. I don't know. Look at fucking any number of zillions of fucking awesome bands. Dude, a fucking lot of people tried to write records like this during this time, and really, not that many fucking did it gracefully. No, yeah, I mean, like, because what is this record? It's not like a theme record. It's not like a concept out. <laughs> I mean, both of those things sound kind of technically right on paper, but mm-hmm. it's so much more vague than that. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's just like something with recurring, um, you know, notes that it hits. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like it's not. It's not like. Um, it's not like the ugly organ by cursive where it's like supposed to be like some kind of play, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like, and it's all about his penis. Uh, it's the name of the record, Tim. You don't have to smirk. The ugly organ is a penis. <laughs> I mean, even in one song, he says, what comes out is a horrible mess. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not doing a lot of. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not putting too many fucking weird pieces together there. <laughs> oh, nice things. Uh, this is one of my favorite songs 
on this record. Uh, this is this is rad, and the way it comes out of uh, the way it comes out of the last song is pretty awesome. And this is like Tom's vocal performance on this. Do you like that day? It's like. Ooh, I got the goosebumps on my legs again doing that. Yo, straight like, up, t- right here. <laughs> and it's just like, it's so terrific. And it's like, um, and it's just like, the thing that's so cool about this song, I think, is that it still sits at home in this like very intellectualized album. And at the same time, it is just classic punk rock. Like, yo, bitch, where'd you get your gold? You know? like. <laughs> And, and and like for it to be able to like serve both of those masters is I think a testament to what a great song it is. Um I uh, Yeah, I don't I don't know if I have too much else to say about the, the song itself. Like um um I, I love the like that, mm-hmm. that that shit is so dope in it, mm-hmm. but like um it's cool man it's it's just a cool song like uh i like it's one of those ones that like you could explain away a lot of the songs on this record like with a lot of um highfalutinness or whatever Mm -hmm. but this one is just a burner and it, it it rules and it is smart and it is simple at the same time and that is at the heart of like what every punk song, uh, to me, should be about. I mean, as if you couldn't tell, uh. <laughs> <laughs> the way that it opens up and just like the just that first couplet too, like Western Wall is a jumbo screen at the gate. There's an automated teller machine. It's such a fucking cool image. I don't know what that first part means, but the way that he says. Uh, automated teller machine is fucking cool and yeah i mean he's really got like a snap to his voice there right mm-hmm. the guy doesn't automate teller machine like like it's like he it's like a dog barking almost but like but it's very melodic i mean he never like even lets his voice like break during that whole thing it seems like yeah, a register there's, there's another he's like that seems like a tough there's another register too, line right? in this one uh, no, I don't think so, man. I, I think that that seems like a place. There's like, it's like one of those places where your voice sits really well, but it's like sounds like it's breaking. Mm-hmm. Um, what what is the one line in this song? Where it's like, while the Joker laughed and made his rounds, he was drunk. Like, no, no, that shit is so good. That's some yeah. fucking Tim Armstrong shit. Yeah, and no, it's the uh, fuck. I have to. I'm gonna have to like look up the lyrics because it's um, um. It does have a really cool inflection of just like it's slightly British. I'm telling you. Um. Do you want nice things? Sure, you do. Do you call? Do you call nice things your own? No, but it's uh, what is it? It's 
Oh, yeah. Is your gold so strangely acquired? Has your name been known and desired? Mm-hmm. Have you degenerated? Are you running out of time? It's just like the way he like busts through it. Like, is your gold so strangely acquired? It's like, it's got that like fucking, like kind of like hip hop cadence that I really like. Totally. Like of things, you know? And, um, yeah, it's just a good, it's, this, this is a, this is a, a top man. Top, top track, man. I love this track. It's great. All right. So the one that uh, some of us are waiting for is uh, Casey. Yep. Told him to leave this song off the record. Uh, absolutely did. Uh, um, was a bad idea. Uh, not the right move. But I didn't like it when I heard it. I still don't love it now. Um, it is... Clearly, I'm wrong. Um, I think it. I think it does play into that um, uh, kind of like '90s thing that I was talking about earlier, mm-hmm. where I was like, "Man, some songs that sound like this are just not for me." Mm-hmm. And this is a song that, like, kind of is. I mean, if there's a song that predicts what Rented World's going to sound like on this record, it's this song. A thousand percent. Yeah. And, and, uh, or I mean, maybe, uh, good things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't love those long meandering choruses like this, like the, you know, like, like against me, he's got that Mary, there is no hope for mm-hmm. us. There's something, 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 mm-hmm. You, you, and it's like if Florida takes us we're like everyone and it's like uh, chorus is like the whole song and which is fine and it's like people love that shit it's just not it's not totally for me all the time and like that's and I don't know I I think I think that like it, I hate to say anything negative about the Menzingers but like we used to get high and do the dishes. Is like, ooh, you used to get high and do the dishes. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's, uh, <laughs> it's like we all we all have gotten high and done the dishes. But like, I don't like. I know it's like easy to romanticize and shit like that. And like again, I know that I'm wrong about this one. It's like it's a great song, and I I do not dislike it nearly as much as I did when I first heard it, but. It's it's not my favorite song on the record. In fact, it's probably my second <laughs> least favorite song on the record. Um, but there's no denying. I saw them play this live, and I was like, wow, I told you guys to not put that song on the record, huh? Pretty stupid of me. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've definitely talked to them and owned up to the fact mm-hmm. that... Because I, I, I'd said it to them, and... Uh, Want, want. So someone, uh, Whatever, someone on know. Twitter mentioned uh, to me today that they remember seeing them, seeing the men singers play, and this song was. Uh, Greg was saying that he was surprised at how much people like it, and I think that that's probably. I think that there's something of the of the like same nature of what you're talking about here, where it's this 
just hit people in a way that like maybe needed to be experienced yeah i mean that is that is a that is a real thing for sure and uh you you can never tell how songs really live until you set them free you know what i mean it's like it's Mm -hmm. like as soon as it stops being theoretical and it starts being somebody that's like in a bedroom in missoula montana like popping well popping open a cd i guess is a pretty antiquated thing to say but like um you know getting out there at eight track (laughs) dusting off their huge like ram's horn Mm -hmm. ear to listen to the the town (laughs) square concert uh no but it's like as soon as you hear that shit as somebody that has nothing at all to do with it Mm -hmm. that's when the song becomes real yeah you know and like if i didn't know anything about the menzingers And I just saw a video of them playing Casey. I'd be like, damn, that song is pretty whip-ass. But I, at the same time, I feel an unearned sense of uh, paternalism with them. And so fucking uh, stuck my nose in other people's business. And they didn't listen to me, which is good for them. Yo, I think that, like, there's something, too, to, like, the, you know, putting on, putting on, like, our musical hats of, like, oh, yeah, like, I know because I have a lot of records or I know because I've made a lot of records. And then when you see what happens when the people take over, it's like, oh, that's right. I don't know anything. Good. Yeah, and it's... It's true, and it's like, I don't fucking know anything, and this is a great example of that, um, but, I mean, I still think it would be a better record if it was on the record. <laughs> Probably the last four times I've done a stage dive have been t- at the instrumental break before the last chorus of Casey. I have every chance I've had. Well... Yeah, there you go. It's it's more evidence. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> I can't seem to tell. Well, um, the main thing is that my son was in the room when they recorded this. Um, and uh, the song is awesome. I mean, it's got like a Pixies kind of vibe. Um, a, the strong Pixies vibe. And um, it's one of my favorites on this record, actually. Um, it's really just muscly and it's not in a rush Mm -hmm. and it just kind of kills man um it's very it's very workmanlike and solid and 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 it and it like i mean it's a fucking pixie song i mean just like remember when i had a conscience yeah, me neither. I mean, it's it's like you can practically see Frank Black standing like at the edge of the fucking microphone, um, uh, the like the ISO booth for the vocals with just like a cease and desist. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But that being said, I like this song better than I like pretty much any Pixies song. So, dude, um, Pixies are so overrated, in my opinion. They are. I used to think the same thing until I saw them live, and then I was like, "Oh, um, I still don't like your records, but good heavens, this is a very good live show." I believe um, that. I was. I was really blown away. Like, legitimately. By a bunch of fucking old people. Mm-hmm. I was like, Dang. and I was like, is this drummer the worst or the best drummer I've ever seen? I can't tell, but he's definitely one of the two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, it was awesome. But, uh, but this song is like, to me, if the Pixies were more like my cup of tea. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's like, you know, like the, I, I saw the recording of the guitar parts, and so it like made, gave me an appreciation for how like, like it's so meticulously and mathematically like perfect. Mm-hmm. And I know this because I watched it, and then over that song, that's like kind of like got this like sway to it. Um. And it's it's a it's a great song. It's a great song. The lyrics are great. Uh, like the lyrics are very Pixies ish. In that it's like it's like here's some vague shit about like how I'm kind of bad maybe, and then. It's like, but then it comes back to being like a myopic treatise on myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. Hey, I'm I'm warning you. But I can't seem to tell if it's my head or the earth that's spinning around. I mean, like, this is the kind of shit that, you know, like, after you get into a van with a stranger at the gas station, they start saying, and you're like, mm, wrong van. <laughs> <laughs> Freedom Bridge, um, I think that it's a real testament to like what we've been saying about Tom, the way he can pull it all together and make everything feel larger. This song is like, this is a fucking life, death, and everything thereafter feels like it's just in this song. It's a really, really incredible closer. Um, I think this is one that I, oh yeah, oh yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard this song in a second. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, this song is great, man. I haven't listened to this record in too long. That's the fucking problem. That's that's a, yeah. I love that. I love that song. I was actually thinking that the last song on this was um one of those acoustic numbers that they do on maybe on Rented World at the end, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I'll listen to that. So I just kind of like checked out and uh. 
I can't seem to tell, but yeah, no, this song is fucking awesome, and it is like there's a part of it that's like got like a real like sweet naivete to it, right? Like, like he had it all, took the fall. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's really cute of you to try with the lyrics, but then like the whole thing is like extraordinarily sophisticated surrounding it, and it's it's really uh. It's really a neat. It's a sad fucking song, yeah. like the, of 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 a record that's got a lot of songs that are like potentially mm, sad. I guess, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, this is the one that like really is the most like emotionally like imbuing to me. Like th- this is the one I listen to and I could listen to and be like, whew. That's sad. Yeah, it's a it's a whole lot of so it goes is on this one, eh? Yeah. Hey. Um, specialist Jeg is that? That's got to be a Toby nod, right? Even though, I mean, uh. yeah, hundred percent. There's only like like nine people on Earth named Jeg, and like eight of them are related to Toby. <laughs> um. Yeah, I didn't want to like put that on here because uh, after the after the first line about specialist Jag, it's like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'd love to hear but, about Toby's trip to the desert. Um, I don't know. I wonder if it was with me. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, this. I don't know. There's nice thing has nice things has that too, where it it feels like so informed by like folklore and old stories. Yeah, well, well, Tom is a he's a fucking weirdo, man. Like, his, you know, if you guys don't listen to his podcast, Feature Friday, um, he explores a lot of like really. Good ideas and dumb ideas uh, with an intelligent um, take on listening to said ideas, if that makes sense. Mm. Like, he treats everything with equal credence, whether it's something that's, like, I'm I'm using examples that I don't even know if are on the show. Um, Like, the idea of, like, quitting drinking or being a flat earther, uh, you know, we're obviously... Mm. Being a flat earther, totally reasonable. Look around; the Earth is flat. Quitting drinking, stupid. Terrible. Don't ever do it. The Earth is the Earth is flat. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? It's going to get blown off the edge one day anyway. <laughs> Might as well keep drinking. Um, but uh, but yeah, he's he's got he's got like a really like whimsical mind, and I think um, I think it really shines through on this record. Um, you know. By the way, Freedom Bridge, I believe, is the nickname for um, the Golden Gate Bridge, which is where everybody, like, fucking Mm -hmm. jumps and kills themselves. And I think, I even think that there's a movie called Freedom Bridge, and I think that is the inspiration for this. I'm not positive that any of this is right, but... um, 
I don't know, read the lyrics and tell me I'm not yeah, right. You it, know, I know that movie. I, and there was also, um, there's also a really good New Yorker article about that. That and a and a great Slater Kinney song that's called Jumpers. That's totally about all of that. That ga- that guy at the end of that movie, man, when he he looks like he's like in faith no more, and he jumps off and just like does like the full like the cross as he's like flying backwards. Oh man, I mean like. It's fucking dark. Yeah. And, like, the last thing I want to do is romanticize suicide. But if anybody looks like they wanted to get out and were like, oh, I'm out. <laughs> it was that fucking faith no more looking motherfucker. <laughs> and, I mean, like, why why wouldn't you want to get out if you still look like you were in faith no more <laughs> in, like, 2010, you know? <laughs> you got to be like, the world's moved on. I don't know what to Can't do. Can't do the station thing anymore. Nobody's... Nobody's seen Bogus Journey. Hartwell. Oh yeah, yeah, he was he he wasn't Bogus the, the same exact guy, yeah. Hey, on the Impossible Pass. Good record. Two thumbs up from Road to the Skeleton <laughs> Ghost Podcast. Yeah, I'll give it two thumbs up too. How about that? Are we, are, are we? Are you just giving my thumb up for me? I, I figured. Uh, I could go ahead. You know. No, yeah, no. I love. I love it. I find it to be, um, a, a profoundly awesome record. That every time I go back to it, I mean, just now, I thought about that Freedom Bridge song in a second. And now I'm like, fuck. It's it's so good. It's it's all so good. It's been too long since I fucking jammed this record. It's going to be poor family. <laughs> it's going on. It's going on. It's staying on. This is our podcast. It's called Road to the Skeleton Coast. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash better sandwich. You can go over there, sign up. It's only seven bucks a month. You can listen to us gab more. You can also vote on the songs that we talk about. We run a poll every week, and then uh, we talk about whichever one wins the poll. Brendan, want to hear what we got on tap for next week? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Let me rephrase that. Brendan, do you want to hear what we got going for our next poll? I would love to. Left and Leaving by the Weaker Thans. Really good choice. The Master and Margarita. Oh, my God. A book? Man, that'll be hard to talk about since I haven't read it in like 15 years or 10 years, but okay. Go on. Misfits. Walk Among Us. Okay. The discography, the complete discography of Poison. Ooh, now we're getting somewhere. So we got four topics up. That will be what we discuss in two weeks. Because, Brendan, next week, you and I are talking about Keep Walking, Pal. Oh, yeah. By popular demand and by my own, oh, listening to this thing, we got a lot to talk about. It is, uh, there's a lot going on in there. 
That's for fucking sure. So we've only got one week to talk about it. That means we're going to go through uh, the entire record all at once. Going to go good old-fashioned marathon style. You and me, buddy boy. I got you. I'm here. We look forward to it. Subscribe, tell a friend, all that shit. We'll talk soon. Thank you, friends. Later, everybody.